Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, today we have the joy and privilege of having Kevin Stepp preach for us. Kevin uh, and his wife, Brianna, and their three boys. Uh, well, the, the two adults are members of, of our church. Uh, kids can't be members. Sorry, guys. Um, but uh, they are members of our church and have been uh, faithfully here and involved uh, like a year and a half about uh, now. And um, Kevin is an aspirant in the jurisdiction of the armed forces. If you don't know what that word means, uh, simply put, he aspires uh, to discern God's call towards ordination to the permanent diaconate. And so he is in that process with the jurisdiction of the armed forces. But I'm delighted to um, give him the opportunity to preach today for us, to to bring God's word to us. So Kevin, uh, if you'd stand up, I would love to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Kevin and the call that you have on his life. Uh, Thank you for the ways that you've called him uh, to serve his family, to serve our country, to serve this church. Um, And I thank you for the ways that you're calling him into diaconal ministry. Lord, would you empower him by your spirit to preach the word to us this morning? Would we listen well for what your spirit is saying to the church? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. morning. Greetings and blessings in the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Morgan, thank you for the introduction. Um, Thank you to the vestry and all who are gathered here for the opportunity to speak with you this morning. Uh, Pause with me now as we pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In our home, one of Uh, Several converging streams uh, brought us to Anglicanism, and one of those streams was the liturgical calendar. Aside from Christmas and Easter, our family uh, lacked familiarity of any kind with the liturgical seasons. And now forward several years since, having lived through several iterations of various liturgical seasons, our family has come to anticipate, appreciate, and enjoy the orientation and reorientation of the, the, the church's liturgical seasons. Uh, as a parish, just a few weeks ago, uh, we lived through Advent, anticipating the incarnational coming and second coming of our Lord. In the sanctuary, the light slowly builds as the Advent candle is lit, 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 anticipating his coming. And then, with much celebration, our days and nights here in our homes become aglow with the light of the Christmas season. We sing and proclaim Joy to the world, glory to the newborn king. And then the humorous debate begins. When do we take down our decorations and Christmas lights? Some, it's in that week between Christmas and New Year's. Others, it's on Epiphany, January 6th. Or some of the stall that holds out till Candlemas on February 2nd. Or maybe it's like some convenient weekend in between. So, for me... Though Epiphany is a season, it's often celebrated as a single day. After Epiphany, at least in our house, the lights come down, uh, winter sets in. Uh, For me, there's an absence of the morning glow of our decorative lights gone. 
and I wait uh, for the daylight, natural light of the season to return come spring. Looking at Mark's gospel and in this passage of Christ's calling of Simon, Peter, James, and John, could Epiphany be more than a single day? What is this season? What are we to do with this time? How do we orient our hearts and minds in this season and in his calling of his disciples? And finally, what do we see him calling us to do? Epiphania, as you are familiar, Greek for appearance or manifestation, this season begins with our Lord Jesus Christ appearing to the world, specifically to the Gentile world with the Magi. He's the king of the whole world, here with us, present to be worshipped. And through this season, through our Sunday lectionary readings, and in the daily office if you're working through John's Gospel, we get to see Christ, Christ incarnate, Jesus of Nazareth, among us, living, moving, active, touching, changing, and reframing lives. I would say this season is about the in-between. It's not about Christ's birth or death, but about the the opportunity to seasonally focus on who he is, how he engaged his people, how he engaged the world, the flourishing he brings to all who he touches, the baptism, his baptism, the wedding feast at Cana, the calling of his disciples, the miracles, the transfiguration. With these scriptures in this season, we get to focus on Jesus' life, Jesus of Nazareth's life, from his appearing until the days immediately prior to his work on the cross. In Mark's Gospel, we get to see that though the lights may come down, Epiphany season affords us a time to look at the light of the world, living and active, calling his people to him, calling out his people, his church, and to listen and to respond to what he's calling us and discipling us to do, being vessels of his light to others. Our Lord's kingdom, our God, is living and active. In the opening passage of Mark's gospel, we see a transition, not of an ending, but a beginning, a beginning of continued action. I'm sorry, not of an ending or beginning, but of continued action. As St. John the Baptist, the last prophet, completes his work proclaiming the kingdom, in the fullness of time we see Jesus on the move, preaching, meeting, connecting. The narration is one of action, Jesus moving from Jordan through Galilee and then immediately subsequent passages on to Capernaum. As Jesus is on the move, his kingdom is on the move. His church is on the move. The kingdom is here. It's never at rest. It's active. Where his church is going, Jesus is bringing others with him. And he's also bringing them and us to participate in this moving kingdom. Jesus was likely no stranger in the the region. In John 10, Christ says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Andrew, a disciple of John the Baptist, had returned home to the nets. Andrew likely saw and was physically present when John proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God. In the time of Roman occupation, this era, word was getting around about this guy, Jesus. Andrew, following John's arrest, was back home with Simon, likely talking about the exciting news as they fished. These men knew, or at least knew, 
who Jesus was. And now he was standing with them on the shoreline. Jesus is no stranger in this world. He's known in the hearts of all. And moreover, he's active in exercising his kingdom as he moved towards us. Life with him, life with Jesus is something different. Mark says, and immediately they left their nets and followed him. The leaving of the nets, the leaving of the boats, communicates an immediacy of change. There doesn't appear to be much conversation on the matter. The disciples responded. Nets were dropped. Boats were left. Though familiar, fishers of fish turned fishers of men. Fishing. These words of Christ speak to something different happening in a different way. At this time, often those who sought to be learned individuals sought out a rabbi or a teacher. We still do this today. Often in higher education, we select professors, maybe a course of of, of a study with an expertise, a specialty, a perspective we want to share. Jesus was doing something different. He sought out the twelve. He called them. Jesus calls. He still calls you. He's calling us all. He's calling you to a reoriented and reframed life. Everything is changing. A note on the disciples reframing. In the other Gospels and, on Mark, and in Mark, we see them leaving everything. They drop their nets. They immediately left. Yet, in later chapters, we see them returning to the nets and back to the boats. Is the call incomplete? Are they done following? No, no. I think... Even as they go back to their nets and their boats, it's something familiar. Still, everything has changed. Jesus is known. Jesus is active in their lives. He's doing miracles in this capacity of them fishing and being back in the boats. He's preaching from the boat, you know, pushed out into deeper water. He's part of their lives. He's living among them. He's working with them and through them. Everything has changed for these people. And their simple response is to follow him. Finally, on the call being familiar, they're fishermen called to fish for men. Something about this was familiar and within a context they knew. However, as I've said, it's something completely different. Fish fish brought out of water die. Their lives taken from them. Men and women brought to Christ truly live. Christ's call to follow the call to serve, the call to participate, to obey his commandments, manifests in us real, new, flourishing life. Christ is calling us to a new community. He called his disciples into a new community, a community with, in this capacity, four new men, which go to 12 new men, and we see larger groups. But they're being called out, called out the church, called out of the community they live in to participate in a new community. Their talents, their personalities, their skills, their humanity would be manifest in new, more real ways. Among new relationships was the shared focus on Christ. Too often, I focus on the leaving of the nets. Do I need to make some immediate change? Am I doing what the Lord's calling me to do? Am I being appropriately attentive? Rather, when I focus less on what the disciples are doing and more on Christ, the focus that he comes to us, he calls us into a new community, into a new focus, 
it's, it's helpful. The focus becomes on exercising my action, my Christian life, my spiritual discipline, in the context of the church where Christ is calling me to, serving the church and serving those around me, both in the church and inside the community from which I'm called, kind of both of a calling out and a calling from within. This within and yet among nature of Christ enables us to be a conduit for others. Leaning on an author I recently read, I believe it was either uh, Thomas Howard or Robert Weather. I looked for the pastor, I couldn't refine it. So. Those are the two authors. Forgive me for not clearly attributing the analogy. But the author says, Jesus' call on our life is both a direct and indirect activity in the world. His call is like a magnet passing over metal filings. The magnetic field emanating from the magnet draw metal filings into direct contact. Christ is touching people. Other filings are drawn to the magnet from those metal filings, like an indirect connection. When Christ called his disciples to be fishers of men, he said, I will make you fishers of men. They were being called to minister like he was ministering to them, doing for others what he was doing personally for them. Christ called us not only to follow him, with Jesus discipling and ministering to us, he does it so that we might also administer to others, being a conduit through which Jesus reaches others, being an image of Jesus, connecting, touching, and being a presence in people's lives. On the topic of connecting, touching, and being present in people's lives, the book uh, The Wounded Healer by Henry Nowen speaks powerfully on this topic. Many of us have felt that call, the pull, the voice. Am I doing what the Lord needs me to be doing? Am I supposed to be at these nets? Is there something else? Gordon Smith, in Courage and Calling, stated the average person will discern or make seven life transitions throughout their lives. Where is the Lord speaking to you through your transition? Where is he calling you to participate in his kingdom? How might your gifts be more manifest in the church and through the activity of the church? What are your friends, leaders, family, mentors talking to you about and confirming for you? What is the church saying? How can you do and share with others what the Lord has done and is doing in you to grow, disciple, edify, and strengthen those in the church? Your call might be an immediate transition, something totally different. It might be a leaving of the nets. It might be something totally familiar, fishing. Remember your baptism. Words we've heard here among the body of believers here in Corpus Christi. Being brought to new life in a new community. And then Christ coming to us, the Eucharist, the principal means through which Christ comes to us in both spiritual and physical union, strengthening our walk, manna for the journey. He comes to us here in this place weekly. Be encouraged through whatever you are attentively hearing or patiently listening to from our Lord. He is moving. He will not fail to show up. Enjoy this season and the time to read the in-between of Jesus' life. He's living, moving, active, touching, changing, and reframing lives. He's seeking you persistently, and he is faithful. Thank you for the opportunity to contribute and participate in sharing his word with you all this morning. 
Well, I'm certain I've shared nothing new or profound. I hope that it might be encouraging in reflecting on our Lord's life among us and the activity of his kingdom come and his kingdom reigning. Our Lord's active, speaking to each of us, providing a call to which we should be attentive so that we can respond, listening and participating. Some ways familiar to us, daily office, Eucharist, baptism, confirmation, serving the church and serving others. The persistent tug, the patient waning, waiting, the burning bush, a still small voice, our Lord is here with us. And regardless of when your lights may come down in this season, we are reminded that the light of the world is living and active in the world and in your life. His kingdom is moving. He calls and is calling all to him. He comes to us so that we might participate with him in his kingdom come and his will. I leave you with one of my favorite words, one of my favorite verses as of recent. I believe it encompasses our Lord's will for us through our discernment, through his calling, reminds us of the character in Christ as we reflect upon the Epiphany season and speaks to his saving work and sufficiently to be and sufficiency to be Lord in all things. From Colossians 1. May each of you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may all walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has, delivered us from the domain, domain, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Glory be to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.